Jerusalem, Jerusalem, lift up your voice and sing highest Hosanna to the King. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, lift up your voices and sing the highest Hosanna to the King. Jerusalem, sing Hosanna, Jerusalem, 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 sing Hosanna, oh sing. Oh Jerusalem, lift up your voice. Hosanna, Jerusalem, sing Jerusalem, sing, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, lift up your voice. Hosanna, highest Hosanna, the King. Brothers and sisters, we call to mind our sins and our failings. We rely on God's mercy and compassion. We say, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who as an example of humility for the human race to follow, caused our Savior to take flesh and submit to the cross, graciously grant that we may heed his lesson of patient suffering, and so merit a share in his resurrection who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, everyone, and blessed Palm Sunday, of course, is what you just heard, the Passion Narrative. Um, but I wanted to look closer at the shorter gospel of the Lord uh, that we did at the very beginning, known as the Lord's entry into Jerusalem, the gospel that I proclaimed at the start of Mass. It is both a gospel of triumph 
and of great humbleness or humility. It is triumphal in that the scriptures of old, God's words are being fulfilled. The greeting of the crowd is actually found in Psalm 118 and is known as a hymn of thanksgiving to the Savior of Israel. The crowds in that moment hailed Jesus as Israel's Savior, Savior even if uh, a few days later, as we will read, they will not understand why the Savior will suffer and die on the cross. And here it is, the great sign of humility. Jesus Christ, our Savior, as well as the Son of God for our sake, out of love, a love beyond our imaginations. And that love is yours for the taking. I want now to look at a detail of the first gospel, the donkey. How does a donkey fit into this gospel of triumph and humility? It matters because our Lord deliberately chooses a donkey. And the other gospels tell us it is one that has never been rode, one that is immature. We hear about the colt. And I think he does this not just because of the words of scriptures that are come from Zechariah 9.9, referring to the donkey. It's said there, if anyone should ask what you are doing Tell them the master has need of it. These words are amazing when we think about it. What does the Son of God need? He needs nothing. And yet, he says, tell them that I need it. That Jesus the master would have need of anything should be striking for us to read. However, this truth affirms each of us, his disciples, because the master needs you also. It can only be that God chooses to need us. He chose to make the fulfillment of his plans contingent upon you choosing to respond to him. In this often overlooked little detail about the donkey and colt, it is one that had never been ridden, we are told, it is an immature cult, inexperienced and, if you will, even weak, yet chosen and necessary for the master. Jesus says, I need them. The seemingly unprepared and ill-equipped beast of burden carried the one who created the world, carried the one who said that his burden is light. In Jesus' time, leaders associated themselves with mighty horses and chariots and they relied on their own strengths and the strengths of things considered strong in their world. But Jesus chose a donkey perhaps to shame the strong. Of course, you and I are not donkeys although some of us are as stubborn as mules. <laughs> but yet, are we not immature in our spirituality and our experiences? And yet, he chose you as you are, not for your gifts and talents, but deeply aware of your weaknesses and desiring you as you are in your poverty, that you will surrender, that you would put your trust in him. He shows forth his glory in what seems unlikely to our world. His power is made perfect in our weaknesses, St. Paul tells us. And here it is. The master needs each 
one of you, you, his disciples, you, his disciples, will carry Jesus in the present day Jerusalem. In this city of Gig Harbor, in this state of Washington, in this country of the United States of America, as you live your daily lives through praise, through struggles, through challenges, through the oppositions and pressures that come from all sides that this world would throw at us, know that he is with you. He is within you who are his disciples. And today it is here that he is crucified, suffered, dies and rises to establish his kingdom in the hearts of his disciples, all of you. St. Paul allowed Jesus to ride, if you will, on his weakness when he said, I gladly boast of my weaknesses that the power of Christ may ride upon me. So too, all of you, I say for the sake of Christ, be at peace with weakness, with insults, with hardships, with persecutions. For when we are weak, he is strong and he makes you strong also. Our Lord loves you and chose you and wants you and needs you. And when you surrender to him, you can be strong with his strength. You know that the donkey and the colt that Jesus rode upon, even they experienced, even for one great moment, exaltation with Jesus on that day because they were with him when he came into the city and heard the shouts of Hosanna. Perhaps it is the other lowly one found in Isaiah's vision who carries on his back burdens too. And are you not worth more that than those beasts of burdens? And so I say, you will be able to endure the burdens that come with living in holiness and right morals and right virtues by living by his values for standing up for the sanctity of all life and for the lives of all those who have no voice at either end of the stages of life. For it is absolutely true that every life is created in the image and likeness of God, men and women, born and unborn, you will be able to withstand the persecution that comes from holding to the truth of the Christian faith. And you will not be filled with fear and paralyzed, not by any storm, not by the storm now known as COVID-19. Rather, rather than feeling paralyzed, you will begin to recognize our times, not as doom and gloom, but as opportunities to love and to serve those who are vulnerable and weak, who are frightened, and those who are in need. At this juncture in our time and in our church, we need a multitude of holy, saint-like people. And the Master has chosen you. And you are necessary for this time. So rise and stand tall. Turn to him in his mercy. 
which never fails us, and his strength that never fails us, and his grace which fortifies us, and walk as the disciples you were made to be. Carry our Lord, make his ways, his truth, and his life known to all, in all places. Palm Sunday, the passion of the Lord, marks the beginning of the most solemn days in our liturgical year. And although you, his disciples, are not able to physically be present for this year's Holy Week liturgies, you can spend time wherever you are physically at, spending it in prayer and time reflecting and thinking of what you have heard today in the Holy Scriptures and how you can be more forgiving now, how you can be more merciful now, how you can be more loving now, how you can be more grateful now, how you can be more generous in all things now. But even more, I want you to reflect on the great love of the Lord God that is yours. Now, my friends, I would be remiss if I did not say something about the second gospel today. In it, we hear Jesus say, Eli, Eli, lema sabathani, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And in our times, Many, I know, feel these words. However, though it seems that Jesus is expressing despair by those words, they are not. They come from Psalm 22, which expresses not despair, but confidence that no one trusts in God in vain. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why so far from my call for help, from my cries of anguish. My God, I call by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I have no relief. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the glory of Israel. In you our ancestors trusted. They trusted and you rescued them. To you they cried out and they escaped. In you they trusted and we're not disappointed. Amen. I express my deepest gratitude and to ask the Lord's protection and fortification on those who, in the midst of this pandemic, continue to help and to assist others in so many ways. So I want to say to all the medical staff and doctors and nurses and their support staff, thank you. And in a very special way for all the medical and support staff of St. Anthony's, hospital in Gig Harbor. I want to thank all of the first responders, all the military, police, fire, and emergency personnel, but in a very, very special way for the men and women of the Gig Harbor Police Department, for the men and women of the Gig Harbor Fire and Emergency Services here in Gig Harbor. I thank all those who continue to care for the poor and the needy via homeless shelters, food banks, and soup kitchens, and in a very special way for our St. Vincent de Paul members who continue to assist the needy in our area of Gig Harbor. I want to thank very personally my staff who continue to remain present to our parishioners via the phone, email, and the internet, all those who service the mass, all those who do the readings. Um, they continue to be present and to be Christ for you even in this time. 
And I want to thank all my brother priests and all the deacons and all the religious men and women in consecrated life who continue to be a present to God's people, selflessly giving of their time in the midst of this pandemic and serving the people of God. May the Lord fill you with his peace. May he keep you safe. May he fortify you in all things. Amen.